social media. So, so Justin, we haven't done this uh, for, for, for a while. I've got a bank of lights behind me that tell me when all the social media streams uh, come uh, come on. So we just, uh, they're, they're always a bit uh, eclectic. Um, tell me, Justin, electric cars, have you got lots of your colleagues or, or your mates who are trying to persuade you to join the cult of the electric car or even worse, join the cult of um, Elon and, and Tesla? Max, we're lucky if we get electricity in the house, let alone to, to mobilize a car. So um, no, we have rolling blackouts here in South Africa, so electricity is at a premium. Um, I don't have any friends with electric cars. Really? Because it's, su it's such a big drive this end. And this was going to, just going to lead me on to, you can see where this is going. Um, electric cars, electric mountain bikes, knowing your love of, um, of, of mountain bikes, are you seeing a transition from people moving from traditional mountain bikes to electric bikes? Because I am. Absolutely. So I haven't yet um, jumped across. I'm of an age where I think I can I can do that. So um, I am looking at them. But uh, as long as I can sort of keep the fat at bay by by riding an ordinary bike, I keep going. But um, yeah, it, a lot of the the races we do and the rides we do, more and more people on electric bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think once you've been on an electric bike, you there'll be no no turning back for you. But it feels to to me it feels it feels wrong in some ways. If likewise with an electric car, I still laugh at my friends who drive off an electric car because there's no sound. There's no there's no no passion with it. I don't think the same might be with the electric bikes. But Justin, I bet within six months, I bet you're on an electric bike and you're whizzing past everyone at forty miles an hour. Right. We're, we're all live. Um, hello, everyone. This is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. Uh, we've got a really interesting one-off broadcast with Justin, Justin Chadwick, the CEO of the Citrus Growers Association in South Africa. Um, if it's okay to say, Justin, you and I go back um, a long, long way. When when I did a, a trip through Africa, when we rode a motorbike from London to Cape Town to promote so fresh produce, uh, we had a hell of a journey. We were saved by Justin and uh, his his team in the respect of logistics and, and, and housing, um, and also the trips that they organized for us in South Africa. So we, we also felt indebted to Justin and, and his team. And when we saw this issue um, recently in the press, we thought, well, we, we need to help Justin and the growers in South Africa to see if we can create a bit of, bit of, um, a, bit of a solution, a bit, a bit of a difference. And, and to me, uh, print media is great, but actually having Justin on to talk about the issues of um, of, of why we're having this broadcast is, is more, I don't, I don't know, Justin, more, more fundamental to hear from, from your side. But Justin, before before we start on, on the matters of the day, do you want to just give a bit of a background on yourself and the Citrus Growers Association? So everyone on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube have, have a better understanding to the uh, to the CGA, please. No, thanks, Max, and thanks for, for giving us this opportunity. Now, I'm so glad you, you visited us in person because um, you've seen our industry and you, you, you've met our growers and you, you've seen how advanced they are in terms of technology, et cetera. Totally. So the Citrus Growers Association represents citrus farmers in South Africa, um, Iswatini, the old Swaziland, uh, Zimbabwe. Um, we've also got membership now applications in from Namibia and Botswana and Mozambique. So we hope to be extending our Southern African footprint so that we can uh, properly uh, represent all growers in, in, in Southern Africa. Uh, basically what we do is, is, is mostly research orientated. So we collect money from, um, uh, from all the growers at, at levy per carton. Uh, and uh, about 65 to 70% of that gets spent on, on research. So we've got our own research uh, institution um, and they do research. Uh, we also do a bit of uh, logistics work. Um, we do other market access 
activities, we provide information. Um, and then a very important part of what we do is, is, is um, uh, uh, um, assisting the, the new growers in the, in the industry. You know, we've got a big push from, from South Africa to include those previously uh, um, marginalized and, and are now coming into the industry. So we spend 20% of our funds in that direction. Um, and, and really it's all about ensuring that uh, our industry remains competitive, uh, it remains relevant uh, in terms of uh, um, environmental issues, ethical trading, and all those, those um, types of, of issues. So um, really representing Southern African citrus growers and um, um, attempting to keep them in business in the future. Justin, well, well done. If you want to see some of the, the, the best, most passionate growers, just, just look at the backdrop that, uh, that, that Justin um, has behind him. And that is typical of the amazing scenery that's, uh, that, that you see in South, South Africa. I, I biked into work this morning in Bury St. Edwards in Suffolk, and it's the summer here. And I was just thinking how beautiful my, my county was. And it was market day. And I, I um, just I biked past a fruit and veg store. And the smell of the citrus just took me straight back to South Africa. It's like, oh, no, no, nowhere I want to be. But let's let's um, talk about why why we're here today. If it's okay, especially for those on the on the podcast, I just want to read out a, a recent press um, article, and it's one of the reasons that why we reached out to to Justin. So just bear with me as I go through it. South Africa calls for stranded containers to be cleared. Urgent steps have been taken to end the disruption of citrus supplies from South Africa to the EU. The South African government and citrus industry have said that around 900, just going to repeat that, 900 containers of oranges stranded in European ports should be cleared quickly. The containers have been held because of new EU entry regulations, but South Africa has said that they already comply with the new standards. Around 1,400 containers involved with the EU's decision to seize containers on arrival after the new regulations came into effect on the 14th of July this year. The government and citrus industry have maintained that the implementation of the new regulations within three days of their announcement on, on the 21st of June and the expectation that South Africa should immediately comply were totally unreasonable. This crisis is entirely EU making and is at best a malicious action by an EU official or officials who want to do as much damage as possible to the South African industry, said a senior citrus leader. You cannot announce changes in accepted rules and expect any country to change their own export laws and implement the new regulations within the space of three days, the source continued. This involved not only the requirement from South Africa to comment on the implementation within three days, but also supplying, supplying the PU numbers of all growers participating in exports to the EU to the authorities in Brussels within three days. The source pointed out that the regulations were implemented even before these steps requested by the EU could be completed. As it happened, around 900 of the affected containers were compliant on arrival and the documentation to prove that has been supplied. South Africans have also said the EU action contravened WTO requirements that changes in regulations should carry a six month notice period. Sources said that the cooling history of each one of the remaining containers detained in European ports is being investigated and is likely to also be compliant with the new, new regulations. Documents to prove this will be provided. Our Chief Executive of the Citrus Growers Association, Justin, in reacting to South Africa's decision to refer the dispute with the EU to the WTO, continued his commentary, his attack on the EU. We simply cannot allow what was clearly nothing more than a politically motivated move by the Spanish, by the Spanish to decimate the businesses of thousands of local growers, South African, and the livelihoods that they support while threatening the destruction of millions of cartons of top quality fruit by EU authorities, he stated. 
Observers have noted that action at the WTO would take time and would not help to resolve the immediate crisis. We now have to minimize our losses and every day the matter dra drags on, the worse it becomes, Justin stated. Justin, over to you. Com comments on the back of that, please. No, thanks, Max. So I think the first thing is to just put it into perspective. Um, you know, we, we recognize the right of any country to look after their domestic uh, um, industry. There, there's no doubt about that. We're the same in South Africa. Uh, we've had new pests come in, coming into South Africa from the north over the last 10 years. And, and we do everything we can to ensure that, uh, that our, our um, orchards remain free of, of new pests. Um, there is, however, a caveat to that, and that is that we insist that, that any um, requirements or new measures in terms of, of keeping pests out is based on good science. Um, and, and that is what the whole WTO, um, International Plant Protection Convention, um, covers. So in the case of, of false codling moth, which is the, the pest um, at, at, uh, at issue here, uh, South Africa developed um, what was called the FCM management system. Um, and, and that system was incredibly uh, um, efficient in terms of, of, of keeping interceptions down to very low numbers, um, firstly. And, and secondly, it was hailed by scientists around the world as being probably one of the, the, the best developed systems in that it targeted um, consignments of fruit based on their risk. So in other words, if, if a consignment was high risk, then it, it had additional treatment. And if it was low risk, it had less treatment. And this is certainly important when one considers um, the energy and the green uh, deal in the EU, uh, because a lot of this is around cooling of fruit, which obviously takes energy and, and is, is, is against uh, some of the, the green deal requirements. Um, whereas the EU measure, which, which they brought in, is just a blanket. It, it treats all uh, consignments in exactly the same way. Um, it's, it's not going to bring about any less risk than, than the FMS. Um, our scientists can prove that. Um, and, and, and the other issue that we, that we, the two other issues that we're concerned about is one is it's discriminatory. I mean, we had, just to give you rough numbers, we had, say, um, 50. Um, interceptions over the last four years um, on, on FCM, so roughly 10 to 15 a year, whereas um, countries uh, in, in, in Africa, because it's an African market, only ex um, exists in, in, in Africa, um, had um, in one case over 200, in the other case over 400 interceptions on peppers and, and roses, so um, and, and nothing has happened to them. So now if, if FCM was the concern, you would expect that the EU would bring new measures against those products in those countries where there was a lot of FCM interceptions, but they haven't. Um, they've targeted South Africa and they've targeted oranges. Uh, and the reason for that is not because they're worried about FCM. It's because they've been told by domestic uh, citrus producers um, that we are a threat to, to their industry and, and hence um, we are being targeted. So. And that's a big issue. And then the other one you mentioned, sorry, Max, is, is just the, the, the implementation period, totally impossible to, to comply with. And in fact, um, they, they said that any new, any fruit entering off before the July had to, um, had to have gone through the 25-day um, treatment um, when the rule was, was actually issued on the 21st or 24th of, of June uh, came into force. So if you do your maths, you'll see it's impossible. Um, so <laughs> there's somebody sitting there in Brussels who either doesn't know how to read a calendar or isn't too good at maths. So, 
So, just, so Justin, what, what's the answer? What, 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 what's the solution? Because we've seen some of the similar things within uh, the UK and EU um, in the respect of potato movements, seed potato movements. And admittedly, uh, the 11th hour, there's been brinkmanship and there's been a solution created and it seems to have been around communication that that solution has been created. How, how do we all communicate with the EU for them to see the error of their ways and, and to not have this calm, car blanche um, issue with, with all the potential financial um, issues that this is going to create for, for, for one and all? Justin, what's the solution? Well, I mean, the, the, the immediate problem with the, with the um, containers at the EU borders, uh, we don't have time, you know, I mean, every day that a container sits there, you pay demurrage on it, um, and, and, and every day the food gets older, and every day um, uh, you're losing out on, on, on retailer programs that, that, that uh, food is destined for. So, so unfortunately, we don't have a time. So what we're doing is working very closely with the Department of Agriculture in releasing those compliant um, containers. So if we can prove that they've actually met the new requirements, even though they were they were um, sent before the 14th of July, those are being cleared as, as we speak. And, and there are a lot of good people working very hard um, to, to do that. Uh, the issue there, the issue unfortunately is, is those that, that aren't compliant. So let's take a rough number, 200 of those containers worth 350,000 Rand each. Um, are, are not compliant. And, and so those either have to go through additional um, uh, cold treatments on land, um, or in some cases, you know, starting the whole process from the beginning. So, so this, this crisis we are now, you know, is, 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 it, it needs just hard work to, to, to get it resolved. I mean, if we can get, and people tell me that it's, there's, you, we won't be able to get this right, but we could get the EU just to recognize it, uh, or, or interpret the new rule in the same way that our Department of Agriculture did. In other words, phytosanitary certificates um, signed up to the 14th of July complied with the old measures and afterwards with the new measures. That's how our department uh, interpreted it. That's how we interpreted it. And that made a little bit of sense because it gave us 21 days <laughs> to do all that work that you read about earlier. Um, then that would resolve um, all of all of the problems that we have absolutely it's just it seems so bizarre that there isn't commonality between your your government and the and the eu justin are you a are you a lone voice with your own with your own little bull, bullhorn have you got some other organizations other trade organizations within the eu helping you absolutely so so um firstly freshfell is 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 an important um um a grouping in in the eu and and, and they can see um the 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 the, the nonsense in terms of, of, of the implementation date, et cetera. And they're working very hard with their members. So we have the importers associations are very active, particularly in the Netherlands, Italy, um, and other European countries. So, you know, unfortunately it's, it's each country dealing with it alone and trying to sort it out because uh, Brussels themselves have turned their back on it. I think they all went on holiday the day they are after that. They, they 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 voted in the measure. They all they all disappeared, and um, so left the, the the mayhem to 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 follow in their wake. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, we definitely having a lot of help from from um, from the importers associations uh, in in the EU. Yeah. Okay. And and let's just go back over the last. Well, I was going to say last six months. Let's go over the last two years just to show how robust you and your colleagues and the citrus growers of South Africa have been through. Because you've got you got through COVID, and I was I was very lucky to be uh, shown your COVID 
plan. It was one of the best plans I saw in an industry sector as to how to combat all the issues of the pandemic. You then had the floods, uh, which closed the Durban port for um, a, a period of days, period of weeks, and, and now you've got this situation. Can you just give us a, a recap of what you've seen over the last six months and also what impact potentially the, the, the worst case scenario this is going to have for, for, for South Africa, for the South African citrus industry, please? Yeah, Max, you, you missed out quite a few. So, so after 2020's uh, COVID, uh, in, in 2021, in July, we had an insurrection in South Africa where um, of the riots and, and, and all that, which closed down the freeways um, for about two weeks in the peak of our season. So we had no fruit uh, coming in from the north to the Durban Harbour. Uh, we had a reroute to, to the Eastern Cape and Western Cape harbours. And no sooner were we through that than we had a cyber attack on, on Transnet, our monopoly uh, port uh, owner. So, you know, that, that, that cyber attack crippled the ports and, and brought them to their knees. Um, and, uh, and, and, and basically there was no, I mean, you can imagine a huge big logistics provider like Transnet not having any, any access to their database. You don't know what's in a container. You don't know where the container is. So uh, that took quite a bit of time to, to resolve. I mean, I mean, fantastic to Transnet. They were amazing in a crisis, um, that's for sure. And they stepped into the, up to the plate and we, we actually got things moving pretty quickly. So we went through that in, in 2021. Um, and unfortunately, that extended our season quite late. And, and that, that actually it, you know, meant that prices just collapsed around the world um, with that late fruit just going into the market and also impacting on the Northern Hemisphere unfortunately so so i think that's perhaps a reason why you know the domestic interests are, are gaining some traction um, and then yeah then we then we enter 2022 and and we have uh, we have the floods um two floods actually um uh, and uh, then you obviously have the russian invasion of ukraine and you know 11% of our fruit goes to 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 russia so um, immediately you're sort of looking around for alternatives. Fortunately, we are shipping to Russia. We have a, a vessel leaving Durban Harbor every week uh, to Russia. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's actually hasn't been as, we're not gonna send as much, but it won't be a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, and then we had criminal events, uh, labor dis, labor uh, unrest in our Eastern Cape area, which 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 basically brought them to a halt for, for two weeks. And then we've got a road between the north, the N3 highway, the national road between the north and Durban Harbour, which is under a massive uh, repair and uh, and is really a bit of a death trap. And in some places we have accidents um, sort of every second day, claiming lives and, and just um, causing snarl up. So it just seems that um, it's like a horror, like a horror movie. You know, you come around a corner and there's a person with a knife and then somebody shoots them and you think, well, that's great. I mean, I'm on my way, and you go around the next corner. There's another person with a knife. So, um, it, it, I'm, you know, I, I feel really feel for our growers um, in South Africa, and, and let's be serious. Eswatini and, and Zimbabwe are also impacted by by these rules, etc. Um, it's just one one thing after another. But um, we'll survive, Max. Um, a resilient bunch of these growers. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. But there's, there's one thing I've learned about yourself, Justin, and your colleagues, and all, all the growers that I've met in South Africa. You're you're incredibly optimistic. And and it feels like six months or nine months ago, uh, we we had a fantastic buyer on from Pick and Pay in um, in South Africa. And uh, as she stated, uh, never waste a crisis. 
I thought, what, what a great way to su summarize a, um, a potential dreadful situation as in the dreadful situation that, uh, that you've got through. But let, let's be optimistic. Everyone still wants that beautiful South African citrus product that's, uh, that's in front of you, as well as all the other products that, uh, that South Africa grow. So just with this situation that you see at the moment with the, with the EU, are, are, are there any... Are there any specific bullet points that you just want to um, pre present now, announce now, but so those people that are dialing in can uh, network or drop an email or drop a call to someone to say, I've listened to Justin from the Citrus Growers Association on, on Beanstalk. He's saying this. Why can't we do that? Is there anything directly that, that you can say that perhaps we could put down into our, into our community, into our network to help you all? No, thanks, Max. So I, I think the first thing is, you know, you read that that article earlier, and and it would seem that you know there's uh, there's a big issue between between South Africa and Spain, and 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 that um, that you know we want to fight with them or whatever. That, that's not the case. I mean, some of our closest friends are, are Spanish uh, citrus producers, farmers um, associations, and we have the greatest respect for them, and and they they produce a really good product. So. Um, that's not the issue at all. Uh, unfortunately, many of the Spanish grower unions um, and, and industry bodies have been fed um, uh, a lot of information that's not exactly correct. Um, and and uh, recently, Freshwell presented some, some figures to, to the Spanish industry showing that the overlap between South Africa and, and Spain is actually very, very small. Um, we don't really impact on the industry much at all. Um, they have far more impact from Morocco, Egypt, um, uh, and, and those countries on, in the Mediterranean, Turkey, etc. Um, so, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is um, in terms of, of the risk of, of, of false calling moth itself. You know, as I mentioned to you earlier, we, we, we would love to have an engagement with, uh, with the necessary people around the effectivity, efficacy of, of our false calling moth management system. You know, it's... As I said, it's, it's one of the best in the world. If um, so, the European Food Safety Authority did an opinion on, on, the, on the FMS, but um, it was a really shoddy piece of work. And, you know, if so, they don't know FCM. I mean, if you show, if one flew into their face, they probably wouldn't know what it is because they don't work with it every day. Yeah. Um, we've got scientists that work with FCM every single day. They, uh, you know, we invest most or a large portion of our 150 million rand into FCM controls, et cetera. Um, and, and, uh, and, and so we're pretty um, uh, sure that, that, that we're going to ensure that the risk mitigation is there in terms of keeping the, the pest out of the, the, the Spanish uh, orchards, et cetera. Um, so I think, you know, communication, which is what you are so good at, is, is, is the key to the game. We want to communicate. We want to talk to these people. We want to um, and, and, and have, a, have a dialogue both ways and hear from them what their, their real concerns are so that we can address them. Because uh, to me, Spain and South Africa should be the closest of friends because they're in the Northern Hemisphere, we're in the Southern Hemisphere, we both produce a, a good quality fruit and we can make sure that good quality fruit is on the shelves year round and the consumer never turns his back or her back on, on our product. You know? I mean, you, you know in the marketing world, if you have your product on the shelf space on the shelf all year round, consumers don't move away from it. They'll come and they'll buy their 10 oranges a week year round. But yep. if they let's say there's no South African fruit on, on the EU shelves, they might go and buy apples or peaches or plums or, or, or something like that. And then they might never turn back to citrus again. And um, 
So it's a bit it's a bit nonsensical to me the the, the stance that that, that um, those domestic um, exactly Justin and um, if I could just get get a, a bit emotional about it the, the one thing that I love about the, the fresh produce sector um, globally is it, it is a it is a community it is it is a, a family and one of, we had one of our, our clients on a broadcast recently and as he stated Max we're we're so sexy. Uh, we're in the zeitgeist of uh, of, the, of uh, fresh produce consumption at the moment. We've just come out of COVID. Everyone wants to be fit and healthy. They want to eat um, healthy fruit and veg. And again, I refer to your bowl of citrus in, in front of you, that the consumer wants it. And to have this nebulous um, scenario of the, the Spanish against the South Africans. And, and look at the World Citrus Organization that, that you set up with your Spanish partners. I, I, I love that when you set that up at, uh, uh, formally at, um, at Fruit Logistica. It was, it was yourself and... Uh, and your, your your partner from uh, from from Spain that set up and to me that that was all about the family of, of fresh produce and together if we all work together and, and come as one well, we're all going to sell more fresh produce and we're all going to benefit rather than having this situation as, as you stated of um, citrus not being on on the shelf or, or worst case they're not being citrus or not being palm or not being um, avocados and the consumer going away and then we, then we worst case we're, we're, going, we're going to lose them for the long term so yeah surely we, we've all got to be we've all got to hold hands and work together on, on an international basis to create their ongoing success for fresh produce because we are in the zeitgeist at this moment that the consumer wants to buy more fresh produce yeah so i mean we had a world citrus organization steering committee meeting this week and i was uh, you know, with, uh, on the line with Jose Antonio from, from Olimpo in, in Spain um, and with uh, Talamid, uh, well, he wasn't there, but he's on the steering committee from Israel and, and Sergio from, from Peru. So we, you know, as you said, we're one big family uh, in the citrus world. We all know each other. We all respect each other. We all uh, uh, look after each other. And there are areas where we don't agree. Um, we don't, perhaps don't agree on the on the phytosanitary things, so we, we don't include them in, into, into the WCO work. The, the WCO work is around promoting our product uh, um, in relation to other products. So, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we want everybody to eat citrus. That's one thing that, that, yep. that keeps us WCO members together. We want everybody to understand the, the nutritional um, and, and health benefits of, of eating citrus. And we want more people to eat it and we want more people to eat more of it. And that's what we will do together. We, we need to stimulate that together, share information, um, et cetera. The, the issues that we, we differ on, let's leave those to other um, um, areas and, and other, other platforms to, to yeah. sort out. Yeah, but, and it's something that we've spoken about in the past, Justin, uh, that, that we're perhaps not very good as a sector internationally at promoting ourselves. Um, when, when you look at some of the branded food, food products, um, if you go anywhere in the world, two people have already been there before you. The guy selling Michael Jackson T-shirts and the guy selling uh, Coca-Cola. And we we need the, the, the consumer to, instead of buying Chocky bars, uh, Chris, we need them to buy your, your citrus because it's going to be better for them in the long term and also it's going to be better for for the for the planet sustainably and um, growing that that sort of that sort of citrus so I, I i think being optimistic when you get through these hurdles through the professional professionalism that you're showing within um citrus growers association and with the likes of your partners at, uh, at freshville are you positive justin that there will be light ahead that we will see more more citrus being consumed globally and that we can can get over the speed bump are, are you positive about the future justin yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, the, the 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 issue that we face in South Africa is that we we've got a lot of more citrus or a lot more citrus coming on 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 stream. So yeah. <laughs> we have to we have to be positive about consumption around the world, etc. And um, 
you know, the, the thing about promotions and, and, and uh, stimulating demand is that it's an expensive business. And I think the reason why Coca-Cola and these others yep. do it so well is because they've got deep pockets, you know, um, and, you know, you, you know what the, what the margins are on, 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 on fruit, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not that big. So um, it's an investment we need to make. I agree with you. And the other, we try and learn from the other commodities like avocados, for example, they do a fantastic job of promoting their, their product and they've got deep pockets because they have um they've all agreed to to contribute x cents per kg into a pot and that you know if you've got everybody doing it um uh, then then you've got a big pot and um and, and and that's why they can they can do what they do so we we you know it's 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 steps so so we have to get the trust amongst all of us in, in the citrus industry we have to show that we, you know, that we that we can do it, um, that that we're there with a, with the right interests and the right agenda, um, and then we can we can really start uh, hopefully stimulating um, the idea about about um, some sort of promotion or or promoting our sector at least. Okay, so so, so Justin, as you professionally work through this, let's call it this this negative situation that will hopefully come to a positive conclusion with the, with the likes of the press that's going out, with the, the, the likes of our, our broadcast, with the likes of Freshhold, with the likes of other organisations. It, it, to, to me, there's always this negative from, from a, sorry, there's always a positive from, from, from a negative. So if we can all work together to create that solution for you, hopefully next year and the year beyond will be far better than they have been over the last two, three years for you all. Yeah, so so Max, the other, the other thing that's happening parallel is the the WTO dispute resolution process. You know, South African government filed uh, for a call for consultations with the EU on on the FCM matter, um, and 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 so that has to be heard. Um, I think it's within sixty days uh, that 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 consultation has to take place. And I understand the EU have agreed to consultation. And most, what I'm told, I'm not a, a legal guy, a WTO export expert, but I'm told that. Most uh, um, uh, disputes get resolved at the consultation phase. You know, when both parties sit in a, in a room together and, and and discuss and see where there's compromise or, or a solution that can be found. So we we really hopeful that 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 with that communication and and that consultation that a resolution will be found um, and that we don't have to. Uh, prolong it into a panel and 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 all the other legal proceedings that carry on after that because it'll just become more expensive. It won't help relationships. Um, it won't help our industry at all. It won't help the European Union at all. Um, so we we hope that it, that, that that consultation will will bear results and that um, that the, the the measures will be uh, appropriately um, um, put in place that 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 ensure the, the domestic. Um, risk mitigation that that the the, the EU um, citrus producers need. Yeah, well, well said. Because we're not talking about ball bearings uh, stuck in the container. We're talking about live fresh produce, and we're talking about people's livelihoods in in in, in South Africa. And that's why we need to see a, a quick quick resolution. Justin, fingers crossed for you. Um, just just as, a, as an aside, we, we love promoting um, South Africa. If you're dialed in as a South African um, grower, whether it be citrus or any other products, and, and you want to show off your produce, feel free to contact us with any pictures of your amazing fresh produce, your amazing uh, amazing people, your amazing farms. We'd love to share and uh, be able to show people the story behind your your amazing fresh produce. Justin, if, if that's if that's okay to say. Thanks. Thanks, Max. Yeah, we really appreciate the work you do in the Beanstalk um, platform. Uh, it really gives us an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. So thanks for this opportunity and definitely we'll take up those um, uh, 
those ideas. Thank you. No, no problem. And just to wrap up, we we always try and catch um, Justin out on the on this basis. And let's see if we can do it this time. Justin, could you name your favourite citrus, please? <laughs> my my favourite citrus is actually grapefruit, and 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 and, and, I, and I know grapefruits finding it very difficult in the European Union or the European market at the moment. I'm, I've spoken to some grapefruit growers and they just say there's no market for it. But really, guys, uh, get yourself a, a, a and specifically a, a red grapefruit um, uh, 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 and a Star Ruby is, is, is probably the best variety that yeah. I know of. And, and cut that thing open and, and eat it. And, um, and Max, I don't know if you remember, but we had a thing called the Grapefruit Challenge a few years ago in 2010, I think it was, in the UK. And we had people... Uh, 30 housewives uh, we gave them a, a grapefruit a day to to eat for 60 days and 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 then they kept a diary etc and and they all had amazing experiences from from eating a grapefruit a day so seriously that that's that is my favorite i know i'm going to get shot by all the uh, mandarin orange and lemon growers after this but and um, that is it as it is i love mandarin and uh, the, the team here love love uh, love lemon for, for the reasons that, that you'll be aware of. So I think we've got that that's all covered. Um, um, someone just uh, uh, WhatsApp me. Does uh, does Justin have a uh, grapefruit with sugar or without sugar? N naked or, or not naked? My goodness, please, please don't put sugar on. Um, <laughs> it's 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 sweet enough without sugar. You know, the problem is a lot of people remember grapefruit from 20, 30 years ago yes. when it was seriously yeah. bitter. You added a whole lot of sugar. No, don't put sugar, please. We, we've learned something something today. Justin, we wish you all the best with this uh, current situation, no, knowing you of old. If anyone could create the success uh, for, for this uh, this negativity, it is you and your colleagues at the, the Citrus Growers Association. Um, everyone, just di dial in um, to the Citrus Growers Association. If you can share this message to create some lobbying effect um, to to stop this silly, silly situation. There's, there's, there's 600, 900 containers sat in the water of amazing fresh produce from South Africa that we need to get into the EU, EU markets. And it's been stopped because of this needless bureaucracy. So anything that you can do, dialing in, listening in on, on the podcast, it'd be much appreciated if you could help Justin and the citrus growers in South Africa. Justin, thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you very, very shortly and hopefully in person as well. Thanks, Max. Thanks for the opportunity. And, and thanks to all the people on the uh, on on the show thanks a lot no problem justin all the best thank you bye 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 bye, bye.